Three Brothers, One Mike is a weekly podcast put together to help motivate and inspire our listeners both mentally and physically in the hopes of helping you be the best you. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Two Brothers, One Mike. I'm Joe, and as always, my brother, Coach Tony, is here. Tony. What's going on, Joe? What's going on, everybody out there in Two Brothers, One Mike land? Uh, affectionately T-bomb land, as we've been calling it now for several seasons. Uh, Joe, let me tell you about what I want to talk about here today in the beginning of this show, as we are now on episode 17 of season three, uh, just what, three short episodes away from another season, another season here on Two Brothers, One Mike. I want to talk about, I want to talk real quick about, so folks, we have, we have notes, speaking points that we look at to stay on track with what we want to make sure that we get across our points that we want to get across to you guys. And, and so let me tell you something, everyone. I used to have the vision of uh, an air force pilot, um, uh, you know, and, and people used to say to me, I, you should, you know, I don't, you should be an air force pilot or you should be a, a pi a commercial airline pilot. And uh, so that that's gone now. All right. There's, there, that doesn't exist anymore. And therefore I need glasses Joe, let me tell you something. I, I've never had, I either had the, I had the, uh, what do you call them? Cheaters, you know, no. that you get from your local drugstore sure. or, you know, I get my glasses from my, from my ophthalmologist. And, um, uh, let me tell you something. I, I didn't go back. I, I broke my glasses about two years ago. I just went with cheaters. So I go back now. I said, you know what? It's time to get, you know, good glasses and have cheaters on the side. And I go in and they, they talk me into, what are they progression? Yes. Yeah. I don't like them at all. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the speaking notes and I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is what I want to point out. Don't forget about that. I want to make sure that we get this out to the audience as well. Uh, when we're talking today and, and I have to keep picking my head up in the air to yep. look down at what's <laughs> written not a fan. I'm not a fan. I, I honestly think I'm going to go back and ask them if we could change something here. I do not. Who, who out there likes Prig? Do you like those? Do you have those or no? When they're when they're when they're fit properly, when your glasses are fit properly, and you have those uh, those on your lenses, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't live without them. Uh, only because, well, let's see. I want to say for the past four years, I've needed I've needed a bifocal. Uh, portion of my lens and so you know the concept of having to take the glasses off put them on because I'm, I'm nearsighted so you know but now i can actually just 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 tip my head tip my head up a little bit and, I, and i'm good again to me it just became more of an aggravation every time I'd, I'd look at something within a foot of myself i had to take my glasses off and you know read whatever put them back on it just it was just constant yeah well i'll tell you what I, this is going to take some getting used to I feel, like I, I, I feel like I need, I feel like I'm going to need that contraption way back in the day that you used to strap to your head and tie weights to the bottom and do neck exercises. <laughs> Folks, if you can remember that back in the day, I feel like I'm going to need to do that in order to strengthen my neck muscles in order to be able to continuously pick my head up like this in order to read whatever it is I want to read. So today's show is going to be interesting. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to give it a shot. And uh, the nice thing about it is, we, we, we talk a lot off the top of our heads. It's not like I'm reading from a script. Uh, it's more like speaking points, and therefore um, it won't be like I'm reading a book. That's going to be the interesting part is when I'm reading a book. But, you know, nonetheless, today's show 
is a very good one because this gives everybody out there a chance to have an understanding of what body type they are. There's three different body types, okay? We call them somatotypes, somatotypes, S-O-M-A-T-O-T-Y-P-E-S, somatotypes. And they are ectomorph, endomorph, and mesomorph. And we're going to talk about those three things today uh, in, in detail from a nutritional aspect as far as what type you may be based on characteristics and how you should handle it from a nutritional standpoint. We're going to do another show later on in Two Brothers, One Mike, uh, Joe, where we talk about the exercises you should be doing based on whatever your goals may be as any one of those three body types. So that's what we're going to get into, folks. First, of all, I want to hear a word from our sponsor. I'm sure you do, too. And when we come back, body types right here on Two Brothers, One Mike. Don't go anywhere. Two Brothers, One Mike is sponsored by Kitchen Apps, perfectly prepared portions. Hey, Youngstown area listeners, it's Joe from T-Bomb. Once again, we're talking about Kitchen Abs, but this time we're talking about their great selection of pancake mixes you can order right from their site. Now, whether you like blueberry cobbler, strawberry shortcake, they even have banana nut bread super cakes. You can rest assured Kitchen Abs has you covered. And maybe you're not a fan of all these flavors or prefer something a little more traditional Then the buttermilk flavored mix would be the perfect fit for your breakfast. The best part about all of this, these mixes are made from scratch with top of the line ingredients that are all nutritionally balanced. And with up to 36 grams of protein per serving, you just can't go wrong. Now, for more information or to place your order, go to kitchenabs.com. That's kitchenabz.com and get started today. Welcome back, everybody. So, uh, as I said uh, before we went to commercial, we're talking today about three body types, which I said are also known as somatotypes. And those are ectomorph, endomorph, and mesomorph. I, Joe, have you ever heard of those three before? I've heard of them. I've heard of them, yes. Okay. And uh, sometimes I wonder, you know, does everybody know? Uh, so, I think everybody, a lot of people have heard of them, but... I think sometimes they automatically think one thing, one characteristic applies to each one. They think ectomorph, really skinny people, and they leave it there. They mm-hmm. think endomorph, very, very heavy set, obese people, and they leave it there. Mesomorph, Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> and they leave it there. And, and that's, not, that's not the case. That's not the case at all. So let's get into it today because you can actually be a combination of these, of these particular types as well. You don't have to be just strictly an ectomorph. You could be endo-ecto, you could be ecto-endo, and so on and so forth. So first things first, let's talk about the characteristics of our ectomorph group in terms of body types. So when you think of ectomorph, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you're thinking of long, lean people. Um, You're thinking of lower uh, body fat percentages. You're thinking of uh, people who have a hard time gaining weight, Um, narrow shoulders, very broad, you know, not very broad hips. I should say narrow shoulders, just a little bit more narrow than their hips and a BMR that is through the roof. Now, Joe, we've talked about BMR in several different shows. And let's just real quick, I think instead of just saying BMR, let me explain real quick to everybody what BMR is. BMR, for those of you who do not listen to our nutritional shows, especially in season one, which you should, we talk about the basal metabolic rate. And that is your body's ability to burn calories while at rest, doing nothing, 
laying on the couch and doing nothing. Your body's 11 systems are still functioning and your body needs energy in order for that to happen. Now, therefore, by burning calories, you're not moving anywhere. You're just laying there. Some people's metabolic rates, basal metabolic rates are through the roof. When when you're younger, typically higher. As we get older, you don't burn as many calories as easy anymore. And and, it is one one contributing factor to weight gain if you're not paying attention to your body, to your nutrition, to your exercise, and so on and so forth. So that being said, ectomorphs, genuinely, their BMRs are genuinely high um, when they're at rest. And so those are just some of the characteristics right there of an ectomorph. Now, a lot of people, Joe, a lot of people, as soon as you say ectomorph, there's a lot of people out there that despise them, right? They think to themselves, I can't stand him. I can't stand her. They can eat two pizzas, uh, eight pieces of cake, and a bowl of ice cream and literally lose weight while doing it. Whereas if I was to look at it, how many times have you heard this? If I was to even look at one slice of pizza, I gained 10 pounds. We've heard that how many times? Uh, a million times, 10 million times. And so you, you guys have to understand something. These people that we categorize as ectomorph, they're not always thrilled um, with the genetic makeup of, of their body type. Um, they're, they're, you know, in, in a lot of ways, um, uh, you know, just to give an example, most men don't want to be that type of skinny, right? Uh, men do not look at uh, uh, themselves in, in terms of being really skinny as being um, masculine, Right. Joe, I mean, we, we, we can relate to this situation when we were younger. Um, when you see yourself in the mirror as a teenager and you're extremely skinny and you have your, your friends, your peers, these other boys that are starting to gain muscle, it's something that you want as well. And so it's not always great to live in that lifestyle. And men who are in their 30s and 40s, and, I, and, and ladies, let me tell you this. There's a lot of women out there that are super skinny that they don't want to be super skinny. Um, there's a lot of problems that come with that. Um, there's a lot of things when it comes to organ damage, um, you know, your body's inability to support muscular uh, muscularity and so on and so forth. It, there's so many different types of um, metabolic diseases that come from being too skinny. And we start to get into things like, you know, anorexia and bulimia and, and the problems that are created from those two diseases, which are not just metabolic. They're also mental health issues, but that's a different show. Um, so ectomorph in its extreme measures is not exactly the best situation for those of you out there that are not ectomorphs and you think they have the best of, of, you know, of everything. They don't. Um, Joe, can you think off the top of your head of somebody in the, let's, let, let's use a celebrity, anybody who you would think, uh, and it doesn't have to be seventies and eighties. It could be today. It could be uh, an actor from the fifties. Can you think of anybody actor or actress that was an ectomorph? An ectomorph. So you're talking about long, lean. Yeah. Uh, boy, I mean, uh, it's kind of hard to say. I'm, I'm thinking about modern day. Everybody's got, you know, muscles out the wazoo. Um, yeah. I would think, though, probably, I don't know, I, your average basketball player? Yeah, yeah. Well, nope, nope, not, 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 not today's average basketball player for sure. Um, you know who comes to mind right away? Pee Wee Herman. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, and and okay, he did some things that are a little weird. <laughs> uh, you know, and and you know, we're not talking about that though. We're talking about his body type. Uh, that's that's that long, lean, um, not a whole lot of body fat on him. At least not for what we could see in that that cool uh, suit that he used to wear that everybody made fun of. But now all of our children are wearing it to the prom. But um, anyway, uh, that that's more of your ectomorph, um, Nicole Kidman. That's more of your ectomorph. Um, the people that are, are, and she's tall, very lean. You, you know what I mean? And so those are your body types that are ectomorph in nature um, when you're talking about people of that particular genetic makeup. And we're going to get more into ectomorph here in a second, but let's jump over to endomorph. Let's talk about some of their characteristics. Uh, high, higher percentages anyway of body fat and muscle. Not just body fat, but muscle as well. Um, they're typically larger in stature. Um, they're mistakenly considered obese all the time. We're automatically thinking of an extremely heavy set person with a BMI through the roof. Um, and, and, you know, literally, uh, we think immediately, you know, five foot six, five foot seven, uh, 275 to 300 pounds. Uh, and, and so we automatically think of that as an endomorph. It's not, folks. Uh, you're bulkier, more uh, you know, structured people, uh, barrel-chested, Joe, if you will, um, that you're going to see, yes, they have a, they, do they have a belly on them? Uh, normally they do. Uh, they're wider hips, heavier uh, in the lower region as well. Um, bigger, bigger legs, bigger thighs, uh, so to speak. You're, um, you know, you're, you're, you're Danny DeVito's. Um, I tell you who's a, is a great, um, a great example of somebody who has that, that, um, higher body fat percentage, but higher muscle percentage as well to body fat. Who's just a bulky stocky type of guy. And that's the late James Gandolfini. Uh, that play Tony Soprano, uh, if you yeah. can remember. Yeah. What, what's that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I wasn't sure who he was until you said Tony Soprano. <laughs> yeah. So when you when you look at him, okay, and he passed away I, several years ago now, dating the yeah. show a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, that is that is all that that's a, that's an endomorph right there. But he's not overly large, but he has that that exact body type that fits that of a characteristic that are characteristics, I should say, that are embraced by what we call an endomorph body type style. So, so those also are endomorphs. It's not just your extremely heavy set people that are uh, in desperate need. Uh, you know, you people, you, I, you, you people, you think of like um, that crazy reality show, my, my 600 pound, spouse or whatever it's called uh, have you ever watched that show life, before? i think it is I, I've yeah seen, i've seen the advert yeah. uh, i yeah that's automatically what everybody just you know goes right to them and says yeah. there's your endomorph well it's not necessarily that every time so so we have that perception that's not always considered right um yeah. there you know and so and we're gonna get more into endomorphs as well but you know now characteristics of of mesomorphs and and are they athletic they are Muscular, yes. Um, not always. A lot of people think, you know, Joe, a lot of people think when they, when, when they think mesomorph, they think Sylvester Stallone. And they're right, right? Uh, they think, um, 
uh, Dolph Lundgren, who played yeah, Yvonne Drago. Yeah, body, bodybuilders. Or, yeah. Uh, uh, Arnold like. Schwarzenegger, yeah. Franco Colombo, Frank Zane, Lou Ferrigno. And, and folks, you're right. Those are mesomorphs. They are. But mesomorphs are also people who are lean and muscular as well. Um, Joe, if you look at Thomas DeLore. He's very much a mesomorph. If you look at uh, Jeff Cavalier, who does um, he had he's a big time YouTuber who does the X. Uh, I can't think of the name of his YouTube show. It's X Lean or or, or something like that. Um, uh, boy, I wish I could think of the name of his show. He's he's definitely a mesomorph. He's thin, but he's muscular, and and so mesomorphs are not necessarily. Big, bulky bodybuilders. You can be very thin. LeBron James is a mesomorph. Right. Um, Michael Jordan is an example of an ectomorph turned ectomezo. Okay. He was still very thin, but gained a lot of lean muscle tissue halfway through his career. And if you look at early pictures as opposed to later in his career, you can see the change from his changing his nutritional plan and his exercise plan because he needed to gain some weight to battle with these teams that were very physical with him. Uh, and that definitely was a great turning point for his career as well. Um, and, and so, and so there's that. So, you know, again, can there be combinations of these three body types? And again, absolutely. Um, when you're talking about, let's let's give some examples. Uh, if you're talking about like an ecto endomorph, well, and folks, let me say this real quick. The reason why I'm, I'm giving you all these characteristics, and I'm I'm, I'm trying to throw in um, famous people, people that we all know, it gives you an idea of where you're at. Who are you? What are what am I? Am I a mesomorph? Am I you know? Am I an ectoendo? Well, let's see. Are you an ectoendomorph? Think about people that are thin on top, but wider on the bottom, almost like a pear shape, Joe. Mm-hmm. And the first person I can think of when it comes to thin on top, wider on the bottom, J Lo, Jennifer Lopez. Now, sure. now, folks. We're not going down that road, okay? Uh, we, we, we all know what she's famous for in terms of her hindquarters and so on. And so on. She actually has, Joe, I don't know. Do you know if this is true or not? She has a patent on her yeah, rear end. I, I know that that was uh, 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 probably more of an urban than anything else, but uh, uh, maybe – Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you could patent your, patent your patent I, I don't know. Sure. No one else is allowed to have that shape. I don't know. I don't yeah, know, how, I don't that know how that works. I don't know how that works. But nonetheless, J-Lo is that perfect example. Very thin on top, um, somewhat muscular. By no means is she not in great shape. Right. She's in fantastic shape. And just, she's wider in the hips and bigger in the thighs. And, 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 uh, and embraces that and does a fantastic job of it. And takes very good care of herself when it comes to exercise and nutrition. But that's an example of an ectoendomorph. When you switch that around, ladies and gentlemen, and you go endoectomorph, those are the people that are heavier on top and thinner on the bottom. I know so many people, Joe. Do you know anybody uh, just offhand? And you don't have to say their name. I mean, in our in our personal lives, they're they're Almost. they're, they're well, heavier on top yeah. and skinnier legs. Yeah, almost every inmate that ever came from the penitentiary back to the county jail when they were coming up on a probationary hearing, every one of those guys from the waist up are like, he man, <laughs> but yeah. from the waist down, toothpicks. 
There's no yeah. leg machines. In, so, in prison, so. uh, okay, I got you. I yeah, got so you. Every one of them. I, I got you. So, so boy, I tell you, some people out there are stereotyping this right now. So, if you yeah. see a guy walking on the street with the, <laughs> with a muscular or a bigger, uh, heavier set upper body and skinny legs, yeah, you know, having a hard time guys. supporting himself as he's walking. You know, a little, little weak in the knees. Stay away from these guys. Yes. Yeah, uh, and of course, folks, we joke. But but there's a, there's so many people out there that are built in that structure. I know quite a few people that are built like that. Heavier upper bodies, smaller lower bodies, broader shoulders, very narrow, skinnier legs and narrow hips. And, um, and that's actually, from a support standpoint, Joe, all jokes aside, that's not good for you. Um, that presents a lot of problems from a balance and stability and coordination standpoint, uh, especially as you get older, when it comes to your hips and your back. Uh, and so those are what endoectomorphs look like. Um, you even have mesoecto, uh, in my own personal opinion. Uh, I remember back in the high school days where you had the guys who didn't lift with their legs and lifted primarily with their upper body and had the big chest and the big arms and literally no legs whatsoever. Um, yeah, you know, it's, but, but from a genetic standpoint, a lot of people are born this way. It's their genetic disposition. It's how they're born. So, so you do have that, you, you have that and it's, it's, it's how we are and, and it's how we're made up. It's our DNA. These are body types based on our genetic makeup and people have to understand that. And so I'm going to get into something else now. And it's, it's, it's here we are with that, that final thought of the day that I can guarantee you, Joe, is going to go on for 10 to 15 minutes uh, because there's a lot to talk about here. You know, uh, again, today we're talking about the nutrition side of it, right? We're not talking about the exercise part of it. That's, again, going to be in a future episode, uh, which may be very well coming up in the very next season, season four, which is right around the corner. Um, or if you're listening to this show three years from now, season four has been out (laughs) and you can click on that show because we already made it for sure. Uh, if you're an avid follower, uh, if you are a serious follower of T-Bomb, then uh, you'll have no problem finding that show. But that being said, I want to point out a few things to remember before we get into, um, from each body type what your nutritional outlook should be, how you, what your goals should be. Number one, folks, listen to me. Your body type, all right, is basically this. It's your muscular build along with your bone structure and density, okay? All right, your bone structure and density along with your muscular build, it's your genetics, it's your DNA, it's, it's what your makeup is. You can't change that. You can't change that. And I mean to to an extreme, Joe. In other words, all right, and here's a great example. If you are built like a Kentucky Derby jockey, you're not going to get in the weight room and all the nutrition and exercise in the world make you a middle linebacker in the NFL. It's not going to happen. It's complete. Your genetic makeup is not going to give you that ability. Okay. And so, and so you have to embrace at some point, you have to embrace your body type and you have to figure out what your goals are based on your body type. And it definitely is a way of figuring out when you can figure out how the nutrition is supposed to work and how the exercise is supposed to work. It's, it's your ability using your body type to figure out how you can get to the best you, not, not the gimmicks, 
Didn't we just talk about this, Joe? Not the falsities, not the gimmicks, not these people saying, no matter how you look and no matter you can look like me in just 30 days, if you do these types of exercises and take my brand new protein drink and you have this person on there who's a mesomorph from head to toe, okay? Or an ecto, uh, ecto-meso, uh, ladies with the thin, route, uh, the hourglass shape, all right, telling you you can look just like me. Folks, if you are 100% ecto, you're, you're just trying to gain a little bit of lean muscle tissue and be the best you. You're not going to turn into that hourglass, all right? Sometimes people need to understand, if you're barrel-chested and broad-shouldered and you want to lose weight but you want to become narrower in the shoulders, that's not going to happen. You have to embrace that simple fact. There's a way for you to lose weight and look great and feel great and be metabolic, metabolically great, all right? Improve your, your, you know, your, your immunity from a health standpoint, but, but there's only so much you can do. You have to embrace your body type. And, and so that's something I want to say first and foremost. So you have to figure out what you love about you, focus on that and improve that and not what you not what you can't be. Prove on what you can be. So again, don't look at Arnold Schwarzenegger and say, I'm gonna look like him. But you're six foot two, 140 pounds. You're not going to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay? You're going to, there's a way to gain lean muscle tissue. There's a way to gain that muscle. All right. You can only gain so much muscle in your lifetime the right way, legally speaking. And so that's the route you're going to take in exercising and nutrition. You're not going to look like Arnold. You're going to look like you reaching and peaking at the best you. And it's going to be a lifetime journey. I, 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 that's Joe. This is the one thing I try to drive home to people. Quit trying to be something you're not because genetically you are who you are. Love who you are. But just work on bettering yourself in so many different ways. If you want bigger arms, you can get bigger arms. If you want to lose weight in your stomach, if you want to lose that that adipose tissue, Joe, there's a way to do that, all right? There's a way to lose weight. There's a way to trim your waistline down. But there's, there's only so much you're going to do the right way. You're not going to look like that supermodel in that picture, if you don't have the same genetic makeup, all right, the same genetic, the same DNA, the same, the same disposition that that young lady has, ladies. So be the best you. Does that make sense, Joe? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I, we've talked about this before. Uh, um, we've gone on how many different shows about, uh, well, you said it best, the correct way to, uh, to gain lean muscle tissue and how much you could gain in a lifetime Anyways, you know what I mean? There's so many yeah. people that want to put on all this extra lean, lean muscle when in reality, how many pounds was it that, that we, we gain on average? Uh, it's, it's, it's somewhere between, you know, for, for, for men, it's somewhere between you can gain, I'm, I'm just going to throw out an average. You can gain 40 pounds of muscle for okay. a woman. You can gain 20 pounds of muscle. And that's 20, in a lifetime. In a lifetime. Right. And, and, and listen to me. I'm giving you that without giving you plus and minus. Right. Okay. So there's, there's a variance there in there as well. Sure. But, but like you said, if you're 140 pounds, you're not going to walk out and be 280. No muscle. It's just you're, never going to, you're happen. not, you're not, not legally and, speaking. <laughs> and, and, and that's, that's just the way it is. Uh, and so you have to embrace that, you know, and here's another thing too, before we get into the nutrition, um, 
the nutrition side of things when it comes to these three body types. You, you, need, you need to understand this as well. Let's say you're an ecto-endomorph, which means you're, you're that, that pair we talked about, thin on top, bigger on the bottom. It does not mean that you don't do lower body because you're bigger, you have bigger legs, and, but you're skinny on top, so you're just going to do upper body. You still do lower body. You still do exercises to build lean muscle tissue, to tone and shape, and to build strength in your legs, okay? But you're not going to do time under tension with lower body Monday, Wednesday, and Friday every week. You understand what I'm saying, Joe? You're going to do more time under tension and more, more, more lean muscle tissue building in your upper body as you're trying to maybe balance to the best of your ability the look that you're looking for between your upper and lower body. You're not going to get – you're always going to want more, folks, always. But you're never going to get the upper body. If you're an ectoendomorph, your upper body is never going to get to where your lower body is at. You can gain size in your upper body easily using techniques such as, you know, high intensity interval training uh, coupled with time under tension, coupled with, you know, power lifting, coupled with, you can eat all, all these different things, Joe, all these different ways of gaining strength, gaining muscle, gaining power, and get, make that upper body um, uh, the best it can be. But it's not going to get to where your lower body is if you're an ecto. You understand what I'm saying? You're not. It's yeah. and you, you, you can't, you can't change your overall genetic disposition. You can't do that. You can fix it to the to, in terms of make it the best you can possibly get it. But you're always going to have somewhat of that shape, whether you like it or not. Uh, Let me ask you a question, Tony, because some people will say, "Well, you know, you're supposed to love the skin that you're in and love it." I'm- yeah. All this there's there's but then there's all this uh how do we put it where they're there they they almost are saying that it's okay to be morbidly obese because that's who you are mm. you know what i mean and, well, and, well here's here's what i'm wondering so for those that are wondering like if i'm i'm already overweight this is who i am so i must be uh uh uh, uh what is that an ectomorph endomorph endomorph so now i'm an endomorph that's just me so that's that i mean are we talking about people who are at least putting for putting putting forth some some effort to be able to determine what kind of body you have? because look i was if that's the case i was an endomorph turned endomezo yeah well and now i'm mezzo yeah so you know what i mean and i would never have seen that had i never tried or put any effort into it i would okay. have just accepted the fact that this is what i am let me, I'm, okay, so let me let me touch on a couple things of what you just what you just asked, and then also the statement you made. Sure, it's not just about. I'm glad you said that, folks. Endomorphs. It's not just about the way they look. It's about the fact that if they really don't pay attention, how easily they can gain weight. Yeah. So, Joe, if you stop paying attention, how easy can you gain weight? Oh yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. So okay. so so so. Although your appearance is mesomorph, okay, well, I get what you're saying here, sure. But sure. there's an endomeso there because you can easily, yeah. easily gain weight. Yeah, I let it go, uh, and I'm, I'm putting, I'm packing it on. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, mesomorphs. By the way, mesomorphs are also considered people who can easily. Here's an example of of a of an ectomesomorph, Brad Pitt. Yeah. Uh, 
if you see Brad in his earlier days, very skinny, uh, very thin young man. Then when he got ready for Troy. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, you want to talk about mesomorph city and, and, and Chris, he Chris can, Pratt, Chris Pratt is another, not yes. be the opposite though. Because yep. he was, when he was in the, um, oh, what was the parks and recreation? He I was, didn't see the movie. Oh, well, that t- it's a TV series. He was, he was a bigger guy, but then when he went on to do uh, guardians of the galaxy, you can see, it's funny because you see the progression through watching the, the episodes of parks. Uh, as he's losing weight and thinning out and getting in shape. Yeah. And then all of a sudden guardians came out and, you know, but you, you got to watch the progression through the episodes. Yeah. So it's pretty funny. But the but point is a good, a good example of that. Yeah. And the, the point being this, it's not just what you vis- visually see. It's, it's also what that person is capable of doing with their body because of their body type. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, if you, uh, if you look at um, uh, Robert De Niro, uh, Robert De Niro for Raging Bull put on all kind of muscle. Then he gained all kind of weight for another role. Then he, then if you can remember, uh, what was the movie where he played the prisoner uh, where Nick Nolte, yeah. folks, help me out out there with the 1980s here. It was uh, a remake. It was a remake of a, a, re- uh, it was yeah. a, a river, something about the river. Yeah. And, I cannot and I, remember. And I, but do you remember how much he leaned out for sure. that movie? Sure. Yeah, I mean, and so, but listen to me. Robert De Niro can gain body fat. He can gain muscle. He can get skinny. You know what that means? He's a little bit of everything. You can actually have a little bit of all three. Cape Fear, sorry. Cape Fear. <laughs> uh, what was I thinking? A river runs through it? I don't know what I was thinking. Perhaps. Nope, yeah. Cape Fear, but go ahead. Cape Fear. So, now, um, by the way, there's our 80s movie for the day. I think uh, it actually happened on, on a lake, though. Happened at a lake house. It is something like that, but but boy, did I love that movie. I think Nick mm-hmm. Nolte was in that movie, uh, if I'm not mistaken. It I was think Nick he Nolte. might have been the he might have been the attorney that uh, yes, that put him away. Yeah, that yeah. put him away. So so you had so you have people that are a little bit of all three that can gain weight easily, lose weight easily, gain muscle easily. So um, that that's an actor, that's a director's dream when you have an actor like that. Sure. Because you have, but there's actors out there that they ask them, we need you to lose 15 pounds. We need you to gain 20 pounds. We yeah. need you to gain 10 pounds of muscle. We need, and, and these actors go through uh, quite the regimen in order to do that. Yeah. Mark Wahlberg um, is an example of an ectomesomorph. He can get thin, 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 and then he can get muscle, muscular, muscular, muscular. Um, and so, um, and he can do it in a relatively short period of time. A good, That's not a good- everybody. A good endo ecto is uh, uh, Dennis Quaid. I don't know if you ever saw yeah. when he played Doc Hollywood. Yes. Yeah. Then, yeah. I mean, he got really thin for that role. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, certainly. Matthew McConaughey, another one. Well, yeah. Uh, so, so when you think about these people, they can. He, he looked horrible in that one movie when I think he was dying of AIDS. Right. Uh, Matthew right. McConaughey, and, and I mean, he lost. I don't know how much weight for that. And then just turned around and gained the weight back. And, you know, for remember um, uh, the, 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 when he played the head coach for the Marshall football team uh, that died in that plane crash, that horrible, that true story. So uh, and it's just, it's amazing how they do this, but it's because of what's within them there. It's not just what we can see. It's also what's within their system. Uh, their body's able to um, uh, lose weight, sometimes very hard to gain weight, sometimes easy to gain muscle, sometimes easy to gain weight. It, it, it's crazy. Some of these people that have a little bit of all three. 
Um, so, folks, uh, you know, with all that being said, you got to start thinking about, well, what am I? You know, based on all the craziness they just talked about here, what am I? And with that being said, while you're thinking about what you are, keep this in mind about what type of nutrition you should be looking at when you're one of these three types. So starting with ectomorph, remember the long, lean, thin people, hard to gain weight, um, very little um, body fat, low body fat percentages from from uh, visceral fat you know, to, you know, the fat that's hidden, Joe, around the organs and around the yeah. muscle that we can't see that's way down in there. Skinny uh, fat. Skinny, skinny fat. fat. Skinny yeah. fat, which could be a lot of problem when it comes to, uh, you know, the, the, you know your, your, your immune diseases and, 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 you know, your immune system and metabolic diseases and things of that nature. But with visceral fat or with adipose tissue, which is the stuff you can easily grab a hold of um, around the waist and lower back. When you talk about that, these people have a hard time gaining uh, that type of that type of fat, and and so uh, they need to they want to gain lean muscle tissue. They want to gain some weight. They want they want more energy. What what is it that they need to do? Number one, you need to do it the right way, but you need to start taking in more carbohydrates. Now we're not talking about highly refined and processed. Uh, because again, what does that lead to Joe skinny fat? And we just all talked right. about that all, right. all the different metabolic diseases that come with skinny fat. Um, and folks, so and by the way, folks, when you see someone who's skinny, don't just automatically think they're in great shape. Nope. That's, that's not true at all. That's not true at all because of that situation we've just been talking about. But so staying away from refined and processed, Joe, can you give me any examples of what I'm talking about when it comes to refined and, and processed, um, carbohydrates? Sure. Big backs. Pizza. Yep. <laughs> cake. Cake. Yeah. Yeah. Potato chips. All, ice all my favorite. All my yeah. favorite foods. <laughs> now, now, folks, did, did I just say don't ever eat that stuff again? No. But but don't say I'm going to eat a ton of this, what we just mentioned, what Joe just said, in order to gain weight. Because not only are you still going to have a hard time gaining weight, you're going to gain a ton of visceral fat. And and you're going to think you're gaining all this weight. You're gonna you're gonna kind of look the same. And still set yourself up for all these chances of, of all these chances of having all these metabolic diseases coming your way 10, 15, 20 years down the road. So that's not what we want to do. When we talk about com- complex carbohydrates, right, uh, along with a good amount of protein intake uh, and moderate you know, intake of, of your essential fats, we're talking about black beans. We're talking about brown rice. We're talking about oats, asparagus, fruits. Um, more on the side of berries, strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, uh, you know, an occasional banana before a workout, so to speak, type of deal, um, uh, green vegetables, where we're talking about those types of, of complex carbohydrates, um, sweet potatoes, things of that nature. You definitely want to intake that. And so if you're saying, well, how much of each of those three macronutrients do I need? How much of these lean proteins? How much of these essential fats? How much of the carbohydrates? Well, carbohydrates actually reign supreme here. 55% of your intake should be these complex carbohydrates I just mentioned. 25% should be your lean proteins, your fishes, you know, salmon, uh, cod, uh, shrimp, things of that nature, haddock, um, uh, you know, tuna, things of that nature, your, your lean red meats, um, your chicken bone broths, your whey isolate protein drinks, 
um, uh, your chicken, you know, your chicken breast, your eggs. This is where you're looking for your lean proteins from. When I'm talking about 20, 20% fat intake, essential fats, we're talking about avocado oil, uh, virgin olive oil. Uh, we're talking about broccoli. Broccoli has good fats in it. Eggs, eggs has a tremendous amount of good fat in it. Uh, things of that nature. Uh, olives, very good in terms of fat intake. Things of that nature. You need the energy for burning fuel and it's hard to gain weight. These complex carbs will help you gain weight the right way. There has to be an exercise program that goes with that as well. And that will be what we talk about in the next episode when we talk about the three body types when it comes to exercise. Right now, we're talking about nutrition. So that being said, that being said, let's move on to, you know what? We're going we're gonna to go to mesomorphic nutrition first before we go to endomorph, Joe. So mesomorphs, when it comes to nutrition, now these people, right, we talk about the muscularity, we talk about their ability to gain lean muscle tissue. They require a higher caloric intake based on their structure, based on their their definition, their body build, their DNA. Um, They also require more more protein. Uh, Of all three of these, as a matter of fact, ladies and gentlemen, they require the most protein intake because they're building lean muscle tissue. And obviously, protein being the building block of building lean muscle tissue. So it's not... I want to say, Joe, it's it's not that the protein is the most intake here. In all actuality, the three macronutrients for mesomorphs is is pretty close. It's pretty close. In this situation here, when we talk about it, it's 30% protein, 40% complex carbohydrates, and 30% fat. And we already talked about, we already gave a list of what the proteins are what the complex carbs are and what the essential fats are that you should be eating on a regular basis. So let me say this and, and, and folks, you're not going to hear me say this very often. Okay. Because if you've been listening to all our shows so far about, um, uh, intermittent fasting and the ketogenic diet and, uh, things of that nature, uh, never do you hear me mention this fast digesting carbs, which are those that are high on the glycemic index. So if you listen to our show, Glycemic Index and Glycemic Load, um, you know that I'm not a big fan, nor is Joe, of fast digesting carbs because what does it do? It raises your insulin levels real high, then drops them down real low. It keeps your hunger levels real high. It causes you to intake too many um, too many of these carbohydrates, which, which end up being burned somewhat for energy, but then being stored as body fat and, and, and all the different problems 10 to 15 years down the road in terms of metabolic disease. But if you time this right, all my mesomorph friends out there, all my gym rats, all right? If you time this right, fast digesting carbs are effective after a workout to help replenish your muscles when they have depleted all their glycogen stores, right? All the glucose in the muscle, all the glycogen stores. So, you know, it's also good for a quick boost of energy, uh, you know, when you don't have time for a meal and, and, and mesomorphs need that, that boost of energy. So when I say fast digesting carbs, 
Coach Tony, give us an example of what you mean. You just got done working out. Might be a good time for a banana. Might be a good time for a small bowl of pasta. Might be a good time for, boy, I can't believe I'm going to say this, a couple slices of white bread. Uh, things of that nature, okay? Not donuts, <laughs> not ho-hos, not Twinkies, not cake. All right, we're talking about we're talking about your breads, your pastas, things of that nature that are fast digesting, that are high glycemic, that normally you should not eat uh, just for the heck of it. But if it's right after a workout and you're looking to replace mesomorphins, you're looking to replace um, glycogen stores in the muscle. This is a great time, a great time to have maybe a piece of Italian bread and a small bowl of pasta. Um, Joe, makes sense. Makes enough sense. Yeah. So, so that's, that's just an idea for those of you. And if you're a mesomorph and you're a workout fanatic, I bet you already knew that. I bet you already knew that. I wouldn't be shocked if you didn't. Uh, I'd be shocked if you didn't is what I should say. So with that being said, we move on to endomorphs and nutrition. Now, again, here's those people that we talk about that everyone thinks right out of the gate, um, Joe, Big, heavy set people. But if you go back and rewind the show a little bit, folks, or listen to it again, listen to what we're talking about when we talk about endomorphs. Not only are they really heavy in the gut, but sometimes they're not. They're Sometimes they're just really broad shoulders, um, you know, barrel-chested, broad, very large people um, in that nature in terms of their stature. The type of nutrition that endomorphs need um, – uh, and here's one thing you you understand: their much their their tolerance level is much lower uh, when it comes to carbohydrates than the other two, than your mesomorphs and your ectomorphs. So you have to be very careful here when it comes to how many carbohydrates you're eating as an endomorph. Okay, so what's the macro breakdown here? Forty percent, forty percent fats. 35% protein, and only 25% carbohydrates. Uh, obviously, complex carbs, nothing processed. And we talked about complex carbs just about 10 minutes ago. So, you know, again, folks, you're like, uh, and I'm going to get to something here, Joe, when we talk about the percentages as we get close to the end of the show today. This this group, the endomorphs, uh, they, they deal with a lot more in the form of metabolic disease, right? From, from type 1 diabetes to type 2 diabetes, hypoglycemia, um, um, unfortunately, heart disease, you know, uh, things of that nature, fatty liver disease, and the list goes on. Um, and so, you know, their, their immune system malfunctioning, uh, the fact that they gain weight so easy based on their body type uh, is, is the part that makes it unfortunate. But if they embrace this the right way, and they eat, you know, only 25% carbohydrate, 35% protein, 40% fats. This is also the group that I would gear towards a lifestyle of intermittent fasting, Joe, more than the other two. Ectomorphs, I would not gear in the realm of, uh, I would not gear an ectomorph into the lifestyle of intermittent fasting, if that makes sense. It, it, it's not... It's not um, going to be uh, beneficial for them to not take in any type of nutrition for 18 hours followed by a six-hour eating window. They need to eat – a lot of times ectomorphs need to eat five meals or so a day. 
uh, in order to maintain their body weight or try to gain uh, weight the right way. So that there's that. You know, we always talked about this too. We always talked about how this show is not always going to everyone. Is this about intermittent fasting? No, we're giving you guys a bunch of different options right now. You choose the best one for you. Ectomorphs, along with those who have bulimia or anorexia, uh, you know, we talked about this before. Intermittent fasting shouldn't even be on the clock for you. You have other things you need to take care of and you need the nutrients. Endomorphs, 40% fats, 35% protein, 25% carbs should be your diet, uh, your eating lifestyle, except for on the days when you're doing intermittent fasting. And if you don't know what that is, Joe, you think you could put intermittent fasting 101 as a link in, uh, in this particular uh, episode in the, in the description of this podcast. Uh, so they, so they get that idea um, because that's, that's, that's a very, that's, that's a drawn out concept that we would be here another hour talking about. So I would definitely recommend intermittent fasting as part of this eating lifestyle uh, on the days that you're actually doing intermittent fasting, which you do not do every day. Um, uh, and because intermittent fasting is, is definitely uh, a possibility. Uh, so one more thing before I throw in a final thought here uh, to end the show today. Some of you are saying, so is 40% fats, 35% protein, and 25% carbs for endomorphs, 55% carbs, 25% lean protein, 20% fat from, for, for ectomorphs, and 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 thirty percent protein, forty percent complex carbs, and thirty percent fat for mesomorphs. Is that the guideline we must follow? How many out there think the answer to that is no? Because you're absolutely right. Absolutely not. That is your baseline you work with. I'm going to give you one example as we end the show today here before we go into our final thoughts. If you are an endomorph. And your guideline is 40% fats, 35% protein, and 25% carbohydrate, complex carbohydrates. And you're also going to intermittent fast once or twice a week and try and find your avenue there that works best for you. And as you're doing this, you notice that you're losing about a pound a month. So you say, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to up my protein 5%. I'm going to drop my carbs down 5% and keep my fats right where they're at. And you see it works better for you. Or you say, I think I'm going to add another day of fasting, a 16 and 8, 16 hours of no eating followed by an eight-hour eating window. And you start, you start doing that and you say, wow, I lost three pounds this month. Folks, you have to, Joe, there's, right? there's no other way around this. I cannot give you guys the holy grail here. I give you the baseline. You've got to keep tweaking it, right? And torquing it in the direction that works best for you. You got to keep trying things. You got to keep experimenting. But that's the baseline. You have to make adjustments in each thing. But if it's working for you and you're feeling better and looking better and it's continuing, then don't fix anything. The minute you're kind of stagnant, Change something up in the eating plan. Change the percentages a little bit. Add an intermittent fasting day if you're if you you know you fall into that group that that can use that. Okay, things of that nature. Uh, Joe, does that make sense? Yeah, you have to experiment, especially if you're thinking about you know most of our listeners are are in the uh, uh, I'd say mid thirties and up, 
range, uh, you know, and those that are in our forties and fifties, right off the rip, you're looking at what the baseline is. You should probably consider right off the, right, right from the begin, uh, adding a, a few extra percentages of protein, regardless, just because you're up there in age. Yeah. Exactly. See, so that's the thing. Uh, if you're over 40 years old, uh, for me personally, I go higher in the protein. I go higher in the protein there. Um, I consider myself mesoecto. Okay. Um, and even a little endo now, <laughs> even a little endo now, it seems like I can gain weight easy if I don't watch. So uh, with that being said, I have found, it took me a couple of years at this age to find my niche. And I, I haven't, I, I haven't perfected it yet. I still am trying to perfect that, but that that's what it is. It's a journey because, and, and here's the final thought for the day here, folks. This is a journey. It's an, it's experimenting. That's the key here. You have to experiment with your own body because as we're going to talk about in an upcoming show, not too far from now, individuality is very real. Uh, is part of one of the seven principles of exercise science. You have to understand that everybody is different. Our bodies have basically the same organs that have basically the same function, but but our hormones sometimes act differently, all right? And so we have to sometimes make adjustments based on that. You know you best, but all we're giving you here is a baseline, and you can tweak that to fit the best you. It's that simple. Most of us are a combo of the of the three body uh, types that I mentioned today. Some of us, as I said, are characteristics of all three, but very few are just one. There's very few just mesomorphs out there. There's very few just ectomorphs and there's very few just endomorphs. There are a ton of ecto-endo and endo-ecto and even a few of the endo-ecto-meso. So where you have a little bit of everything. So you've got to tweak and, and, and not tweak and twerk, I think twerk's one of them crazy dances they do now and put it on tiktok but uh tweak and torque and and, and change yeah, yeah, change things change things around there's there's no one body type that is better than the other if you embrace all three and listen to what we said today and try things out if you have questions you need to ask us and and we can actually have more shows based on this concept to answer those questions no problem at all. We would love to, but you have to, you have to tweak these things and try to find what works best for you from a nutritional standpoint. And then what we'll do is we'll add this show into the description of the podcast. We do Joe, when we actually uh, talk about what exercises you should be doing based on whatever body style or combination of body styles, body types you are. And that's all I got for today on that. All right. So let's talk about next week's show. Next week, we have a fantastic interview with a Mr. DJ Yokely. Uh, he is the CEO of YSN Sports Network, and it covers more than 50 different high school and college teams from Northeast Ohio and Western Pennsylvania. Uh, he's going to talk to us about how he got started and where he sees YSN in the next five years. And pretty much it is a great feel-good story for sure. Tony. Uh, uh, you know, DJ, I've talked to you several times, uh, and the interview is going to be fantastic. Uh, he uh, he is exactly what that area needs right now in these United States uh, because he brings fire, he has passion, and I, Joe, I'm telling you right now, I would not be shocked if 10 years down the road, this thing was way bigger than just that region. Uh, that region grew to three different states. 
or even the entire uh, east of the Mississippi. I, he definitely has aspirations. He has a team of approximately 70 wonderful people, and the interview is going to be great. Uh, I hope everybody listens, especially those from that particular area, our listeners from from the Northeast Ohio, Western PA area. It's going to be a great show. Yeah, plus we have a, a little extra special announcement in that one as well, right? We do. All right. Well, until then, I want to remind all of you, be sure to give us a review on your favorite podcast service. Also, if you're on Anchor and have any questions, comments, thoughts, or opinions, you can leave us a voice message via the link in this episode's description. And finally, remember to join us each week as we release new episodes every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, on behalf of Coach Tony and myself, thanks for listening. All right, everybody out there, be the best Ecto endo mezzo you. Listen, as we said before, Joe, what do we, we say this all the time? Listen to the show more than once. Get an understanding. If you're on Anchor, you can message us. Let us know what your questions are. We'll answer them. Go to our Facebook page, Two Brothers One Mike. If you have a question, we'll answer you. We'll make a show about your question. We have no problem doing that. Be the best to you, everybody. Joe, I'm out of here. <laughs>